Welcome to the Dragon Party! Dragon Party? <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> are we sure? Today, we're not sure if we're throwing a party. No, of course we are. I'm your host, Brett Brandis, and with me, joined, as always, the guy... What's he doing this week? Let's see. He's the one... He already played music. He already... He already held your coats. This week, he's got a special job for us. This week, he's going to be the guy manning the keg. I am definitely good at that. <laughs> it's Eric. Eric, tell him your name. Yeah, it's Eric Manjo, and yeah, I'll be pouring your drinks, so you better be nice to me. Do you remember when we used to have a keg guy? I remember he was super excited to be the keg guy. <laughs> we, I literally made sure to invite him each week during the parties because he was like, he was our guy. I mean, yeah. he was just like, I want to man the kegs. And we were like, yeah, yeah. We, I, I'm yeah. like, who wants to do that? All right, go. Yeah, do it. it just We just had a free <laughs> bartender, essentially. Basically, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, that was the only drink we were serving. But like, yeah, he was like going to be the one doling them out. And I was like you want to be doing this i'll invite yeah. you every week i don't care and if i remember correctly he was like a bigger guy too so i'm sure he that was helps. he was he was like a, he, exactly he was the perfect like bouncer type yeah he's just like no that, <laughs> like that's not the cup we we're having you get out of here <laughs> we typecast him into that role yeah. like i don't know how i don't know how we found this guy but I, we like lucked out but that's so smart because like i don't remember who he was but he just got into all of our parties for free because he's like yeah i'll serve drinks i know for the first yeah right bit. on on his end you're right it's like how smart like just being like knowing guys that were gonna throw parties a lot of times and being like hey, hey also, <laughs> i'll be the guy I'll be the keg that, like, guy. and we're like yeah. is the keg guy coming we're like yeah like awesome don't have to worry <laughs> yeah, about that was that. like an exciting part it's like dude is keg guy going yeah keg guy's coming Oh, all right. Well, at this party, uh, we have Keg Guy, which is you this week. Uh, are you drinking beer? What's you drinking this week? Yeah, so uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but when we're recording is around St. Patty's Day, so I'm drinking Guinness. Ooh, okay. Um, this is going to come out well after St. Patty's Day. Well, we are we are we are recording so before uh, only a week before. I mean, that's next week, and this will probably come out maybe even April. So, so you're telling me that I should just drink more guinness <laughs> yeah, that's not that's what just, the oh, message was but, but it's Guinness. oh it's just standard guinness mm -hmm. oh guinness is a good one that's a good drink so actually yeah i'm i'm along the same lines as you i didn't go beer this is um there's jameson in here though okay. so, so yeah, this week i made a mixed drink because i i bought a jameson the cap the stout cask edition which i imagine when you're thinking stout in ireland probably guinness so they actually took the jameson aged it and i imagine what was guinness barrels so we're both kind of along the same lines here um and then what i did with this stout cask is i mixed it with some kalua okay and and put it in some dash of bitters i i saw a cocktail online called the black gold and that's what this is supposed to be it's uh it's good it's not my favorite drink i can't drink more than one of these it, it's it's i may, maybe i put in too many bitters well one, a, a pro tip for the cask makes jameson is if yeah. you take a sip of uh, uh, some Irish stout like Guinness or Murphy's and then mm -hmm. drink the cast mace, it makes it taste way better. Interesting. Okay, yeah, because this is the first cast mace. I've always just wanted to buy a cask mace. I, I had never bought one before, so this is my first foray into that. And I went straight for the stout edition because I heard it was creamy. And I was like, that sounds cool. 
yeah it's pretty good <laughs> sounds good yeah it's it's all right it is a little too sweet for me i think that's why i wanted to try it into a in a cocktail um so this week we have we're back on D D. dungeon the old dungeons and dragons yep not d or d <laughs> d and d <laughs> Uh, and in, in lieu of during the magic weeks, we usually talk about what we're brewing. So we wanted to talk about what's brewing in the D and D world, and and go over a nice story. Do you have a story of the week for us? Yeah. So um, I I can't really go over what I'm doing in my campaign because Brett is a player. No, in I. That. If 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 we were to ever comment on our campaign, I guess it would have to be me that goes over a funny thing that ha- if you wanted me to bring something up that happened in our campaign, I guess I right. should be the one to tell it so uh, that you don't give anything away. So like yeah, so I but I'll I'll count, I'll uh, mention something that did happen, which was hilarious in my okay. opinion. So I I'm running the Curse of Strahd campaign, a pre-bill, which kind of is going to go into our topic for today. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. And I had an idea where one of the item, one of the, like the big story beats was they find like an abandoned castle and they have to reignite this beacon. It's kind of part inside the main campaign. And one of the ways to do this, they had to find a dragon skull. Uh, And it's somewhere out in the world. (laughs) And they had to figure it out. Earlier in the campaign, they had, they fought uh, like a powerful hag. Uh, creature they killed it and what they didn't realize is that's the person they had to kill to get the dragon skull <laughs> so <laughs> we jumped ahead yeah I, they kind of jumped ahead but that's kind of one of the great things about dungeons and dragons is you can kind of like go wherever you want with it um but on this map during this big fight i'm just staring at this giant picture of a dragon skull and be like oh well this is gonna be kind of disappointing <laughs> because they're gonna be like oh what's this thing doing here? I'm afraid they're going to break it, try to scrap it for parts or something. Right. And then a session or two later, I, I describe the, the whole beacon situation and they have no idea. No one says like, Oh, <laughs> did it, wasn't there something over here? And I'm like, they're never going to find this thing. <laughs> <laughs> but where do they immediately go after that was directly to the place where the dragon skull was. And I put it on the map and they're just like, God damn it! <laughs> well, wait. So we did know to go there from from you, and that was because so the the main guy didn't tell us to go there, but you had this character sitting on another floor. So I made sure we all went downstairs to ask that guy. And during our our conversation with him, all of a sudden you brought up like, oh, it could be with that that old woman, and I was like, aha, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's exactly. check there before we go anywhere stupid. So that 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 prompted us to go there to just just it was on the way anyway luckily right yeah. it was kind of like map wise it was on the way to where we thought it could be so i was like you guys we might as well we might as well you guys might have missed it though they were all so confident they didn't miss anything <laughs> yeah yeah. they're like oh well why would we go back there yeah because you were trying to go south to figure out where, where some other things you might be but yeah then, right. then you ran into it, <laughs> it just right, like, right it's right on the map and we we're like yep. <laughs> yep yep here it is but yeah that's one of those <laughs> things that that just never happens in any other game where like oh well i'm just gonna circumvent this entire aspect of the story that somebody has right. and then miss it completely that's <laughs> important yeah i and i mean the only way we uh, we, th- we talked about this topic before is like the only way we would have known to like 
for that dragon skull quest was it, on our way down to where we were going where the dragon skull was the the giant castle was on our right and instead of going into the castle we just continued on our quest i mean we were we were focused on like okay this is where we have to go even though we're passing this giant castle that i, I should have been like i want to go into that castle we we were just like not yet like right i don't know we're not going to do that right now so that was the only way that it would have ma- lined up in the storyline. We just we didn't go to the castle. We just kept going. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I guess I guess we're kind of going over. <laughs> we're 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 tangenting too much into <laughs> into just what happened. But yeah, that that was kind of a fun uh, moment for me as the as the DM because I spent this entire battle being like. I wonder if they're going to notice what this dragon no, skull and, is. And as a player, no, we no, no one noticed. I mean, right. I, I didn't. I was in the whole battle. No way. I wasn't looking at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Things are just on the map to be on the map. It's not like, I don't, I don't know. That, that, it yeah. just seemed like it was there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes I, I there's something there until you until you point it out to somebody. And I, and I didn't want to have my NPC characters be like, I wonder what this is, because I felt like that would be a little <laughs> right on the nose. Uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Anyway. Speaking about D&D, we, the listeners have to get started. They haven't even begun. Now, we're going to be talking about this mostly from the Dungeon Master side of things. Because that they're the ones that have to do all the work to set this up. Uh, next time we talk about D&D, and we'll go over this at the end of our, our session, we'll be going over kind of everything that a player has to do, right? right. In the next episode, we'll... we'll kind of be doing a whole episode on everything the player has to do before a D&D campaign. So this episode is dedicated to the Dungeon Master and what they have to do. And they, they require a lot more resources. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The, kind of how it goes is the person who is uh, maybe most excited about forming the group or maybe the person who's just most experienced bringing Dungeons & Dragons to their new group. Usually they're yeah. the ones who are going to have to put forth most of the effort uh uh, to be the dungeon master or DM, not all the time, yeah. but usually that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, the dungeon master's the most involved in the game. They have the most work to do during the game. They have the most work to do outside of the game. That's very yeah. That is probably the most important resource that you need is time, <laughs> time <laughs> and is. energy to be okay. Where are they going to go? Who are they going to meet? And and we don't want to scare people away saying that it's like so much work because no. a lot of these pre-mades give you so much of the resources that you even need to so you don't need too much prep with that and, and then again a lot of the dungeon mastering is very improv-y as well right yeah so but I think I think we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves so okay. first do you want to talk about let's talk about the uh, the main resources. So we kind of talked about sure. the players before where what they need as far as like pens, paper, You do need characters. those. You can't be running a campaign without right, yeah. <laughs> he built a campaign. <laughs> you need everything that the player does. <laughs> uh, so you could watch our previous episode for that or listen to it, I should say. But Yeah, the, which uh, is important to say that like you actually you legit need the character sheets probably for everyone in your campaign. Yes, that is very, very important. Yeah, uh, not not only do, does the characters themselves own their character sheet, but the DM should have a copy of them as well. It's kind of important that they have every resource in front of them. It makes the game clunky if they don't ha- have all the characters in their campaign in front of them. Right, exactly. It, it's it's pretty important for the du- for the dungeon master to know the player's character almost as much as the player does. Not yeah. necessarily all the actual character stuff, all the motivation right. stuff, but 
the mechanics of how it works is pretty important. So you need yeah. everything that the player does, but uh, there's two more books. So we talked about the player's handbook before, um, but the other books that you'll have need to have access to are called the Monster Manual and the Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, the Monster Manual is kind of what it sounds like. It is the it's the manual where you see all the stat blocks of all the different monsters that yep. you need, and it'll give you all the information like how many hit points it has, what kind of attacks it does. Maybe even like kind of the the kinds of environment that it likes to hang out in, uh, and most importantly, the challenge rating, which is yeah, kind of right. the score that it gives, uh, which is a very behind the scenes look, right? I mean, the players do not know what kind of challenge rating they're up against when they're fighting something. You don't, right. you know, you see a troll. It's a troll. I don't know how strong this troll is, but that's very important on the DM side to know how strong that troll really is. Exactly. Yeah, that that's a it's very important because sometimes maybe your players will run into something that is too strong for them, or maybe you intended for them to run into something that's too strong for them, uh, and then hopefully they'll realize what's going on <laughs> and run away. Yeah, that's never been the case. I feel like that's not a natural, you know, thing to think too. Is like we should probably get the we heck out of here. Yeah, for you guys, <laughs> no, you're always like we could take this guy. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. Well, I, I feel like in many campaigns, that's just never a natural inclination to be like. In, unless you're like level three and a dragon shows up, you're like, ah, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just <laughs> starting. You're not fighting dragons yet. We should probably get away from this you dragon. Probably not do mess with anything <laughs> that flies. Just not anything that flies at <laughs> the first just, couple. This levels. is a bad idea. <laughs> uh, uh, which I, a monster manual? Is there a a single general monster manual, or is there one? So, say you have your pre-made. Curse of Strahd. Is there a Curse of Strahd monster manual, or is there just a monster manual? So the uh, the module Curse of Strahd that you can buy does have a lot of the creatures in it. It doesn't have any creatures. So when you bought the pre-made, you're saying it comes with kind of its own little mini monster Right, manual? but those are more additions on the other monsters. Uh, and in, in the pre-made, it does reference things that are not in the adventure module. So if I bought Curse of Strahd, it references some creatures that are are not in the Curse of Strahd book, so it is pretty should necessary buying them. I'm manual. wondering, should we it. talk about what comes in a pre-made box then, just to see, like, what what are you going to need in addition to a pre-made? If say if I tried to put, just buy a pre-made box, I'm I guess you're going to need more things, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> or are you just going over what we should get have first, and then yeah, we'll go into the exactly. Yeah, okay. that, that's what I was kind of thinking that we could go over these these little books first. Um. So the Are monster little? Man- I feel like they're huge. Yeah, it it, it is pretty important. <laughs> the because, player's handbook is huge. Yeah, that, but also everyone should own that. Yeah, that is probably the most important book to even yes. as the dungeon master own the player's handbook because you need to understand the, all, the rules of what is going and on. And again, that's every player. If you're a player, own the player's handbook. Like every person should have a copy of the player's handbook. Exactly. Uh, I guess if you're in person and it's non-COVID times. One book can be passed around the room, and you could manage with a single book. Yeah, and that uh, I whatever think mostly that... when I played, it was a single book that was kind of passed around. And it's always hoarded by that wizard because they always be like, <laughs> Cause, cause wait, wait, constantly <laughs> looking things. What up, was right? the range on slow? Is it sixty? <laughs> How big of the? Is it a sphere or a cube? What's going on? It's like I just need to know if this is a bonus action. Like, give me one. Yeah. Well, for the most part, I feel like it's mostly the dungeon master has it in front of him because, it, and then. Yeah, but that's the same question. Yeah, the yeah. wizard's always asking, wait, how far can I do this? How can far? Does lo- <laughs> verbal components do it? Do I need to Am move I allowed my hands? To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then, so we talked about the player's handbook, the monster manual, and the dungeon master's guide. Uh, separate from the player's handbook. Separate from the player's handbook. But similar. Uh, so this is, it's kind of funny because it's called the Dungeon Master's Guide, but this is the book I referenced the least <laughs> out <Yeah>. of all three. <laughs> right. um, it's, it was very good to read when you're first starting out. I think every uh, Dungeon Master, if it's your first time doing it, definitely try to read the Dungeon Master's Guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very good uh, references about how think, how campaigns can start, what kind of adventures they can go on. Uh, but the most important thing I think is it has a bunch of tables that you can reference to kind of gauge, uh, how like, combat encounters should work. So if you're unsure if like a, a challenge rating five creature is a good fight for your party, the dungeon master's guide will have that information for you. Okay. Okay. That, that's actually pretty useful. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and all it that also, would be a natural question to ask, right? Is like, I, I don't know what to put them up against, right? This is their first challenge. I put them all at level three. I have four people. How strong am I making these things? Exactly, yeah. And that, that was the most nerve-wracking part about <laughs> my first Dungeon Master experience. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, this is a cool monster. Like, oh, what's its attack? Okay, it does this much damage. That should be fine. And then they're just like, oh my gosh, this is an insane creature. Like, how are we going to fight? How are we going to beat this thing? And then you just have to be like, oh, it's dead. You Which is it. funny because so I, it, it's really crazy to me to be going over this because I never remember how I mentioned I ran my own campaign, right? I never had a Dungeons Master's Guide, right? I had to just create these characters out of nowhere. And I was running with like a party of like, eight to ten people like i had a massive group Mm -hmm. running through this dungeon the final boss ended up killing like two people (laughs) because i I didn't know i you know i'm trying to make it a challenge with eight people running around granted they're all level like two but you know they still characters at level two and i you know i just tried to make it fun enough that every person could be interacting with this boss at certain times naturally someone was going to bound to die because yeah. <laughs> at level one or level two, you, you barely, you know, you can't really take much more than one or two hits. Right. Yeah. The, the first, uh, probably three levels, that's when you're most likely to die, which is yeah, kind absolutely. of unintuitive. Like usually <laughs> like, Oh, when you're playing games, like the early levels, that's like the tutorial levels, nothing's right. supposed to be dangerous, but no, you're a level one, like sorcerer or wizard with eight hit points. Man, that's <laughs> like what if that cobalt rolled twenty on one hit, you might be going down. <laughs> yeah, and crits, even if it's a D four, right? It could be eight eight point. All right, it's yeah. like that's their max damage, but it could happen. It could happen, and all of a sudden, you're just like, <laughs> oh man, Jim's character is dead. Session one. <laughs> And then you, so you have a lot of saving grace, right? Because even if a character goes down, you're like, well, now just roll your, you know, your death saving throws. You'll be fine. You'll make it out of there. But it's very luck dependent at that point. Exactly. Yeah. And like, two of them didn't make it. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. You guys rolled terribly. Yeah, exactly. Because you never, you, you don't really want to get the players feeling like they're being like coddled. But, um, yeah, so the uh, so the, those books are important. The other thing that I always have on me is a, like a little notepad that I can jot down quick notes in. Mm. Uh, Note taking is very important, uh, mostly because there's some things that you'll make up on the spot. So, what's the shopkeeper's name? Mm, oh, his name's remembering Nick. your character names. Yeah, so you have to write down Nick shopkeeper. 
I was going to say, not if you have this this iron lock trap up here. Come on See, now. Yeah, I, I exactly. remember it all. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, since I'm, I'm, I'm acting as the player, I just go, hey, DM, what was this guy's name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and it, it makes one, it makes your world seem more immersive when you're just like, oh, yeah, shopkeeper from uh, uh, Main Street. That's it, Nick's his name. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right. okay, yeah, but you have all the information down. And uh, then, like, you might want to write, like, a dash and, like, the trait that you gave him. You know, because right. you have to make all these characters up, right? So you, you're playing a character right now who's, like, a total bro. You, I, I, you know, you would just write, like, the guy's name and then dash bro so that you know, like, oh, if that character came up again. Oh, I got to be a bro again. Right, exactly. Yeah, the, those quick notes, just having it down on uh, paper so you can kind of catalog them later and study uh, for next session. That's yeah. super important. Right. All right, let's get in then to the pre-mades because we've been talking about it a lot. Like the, the fact that we're running one, what comes along with this pre-made campaign? How many are there right now in, in 5e? Uh, that is a great question, Mr. Brandis. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question, because there's probably a bunch of choices, and I imagine they're all very flavorful, so that you can find a whole bunch of different things to match what you want to be playing, uh, depending on, you know, the one that, ours is in like a very foresty, swampy kind of atmosphere, so if you're into that kind of thing, with with a lot of like, you know, vampires, classic fantasy characters, the, the vampires, the head guy, and, you know, there's werewolves out there that we don't know about, there's plant zombies that we're fighting, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so there's, uh, so, some of the ones that are available, there's, a. Uh... The uh, Waterdeep Adventures, Lost Mine of uh, Pandelver, which that one, if you are, are new to D&D and you bought the uh, Beginner's Kit, that's the one that you can run. Uh, Two Ooh, of Annihilation, that is a really high level one. Uh, Ghosts of Salt Marsh, Tales from the Yawning Portal, Storm King's Thunder, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. Uh, and there's, there's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of them. So we're talking over like over a dozen, over twenty. Uh, I think closer to a dozen than twenty. I don't have the exact number. Okay. Um, I feel like we should mention uh, there are another category of like quote unquote pre-mades, which are campaign like setting guides. So they okay. they don't have the uh, pre-made adventure part, but they essentially do all the world building for you. So okay. Curse of Strahd, which is what we're doing, takes place in Ravenloft. So there's the Curse of Strahd adventure module, but and they're also making a Ravenloft uh, setting guide. Yeah. Um. So in the, both of these things kind of help you out a little bit. Uh. So if do you want me to kind of go over what what I did to prepare running the pre-made module? I, how much? How much? How much? Are these pre-mades? What does it cost? Are they all the same price? Is it all kind of pretty equal? Uh, or is like the newer ones more expensive? Too much. Like, is it like the, the newer, the brand new one is going to cost like ten dollars more because it just came out and they just developed it, so they got to charge more? Is it kind of that kind of thing? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I right. I, neither would I. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Because because the people that are like hardcore dedicated probably made it through the whole 
campaign by the time they developed a new one, you know? Right, yeah. So, the, the so yeah, it ones... would make sense to charge, like, the brand new one. Oh, it's an extra $10. Because, also, the brand new ones come out with the newest class or whatever, right? I mean, they, they have new material that you've never seen before. Exactly. And there's usually some, like, cool new magic items or creatures or things in all these. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the, uh, I think the full price is around $50. Uh, I've always yeah. bought them from my local game store. So yep. those prices, you know, are uh, varying wildly, kind of depending on, like you said, how support your is. local game stores, folks. Yes. You heard it here first. They need it. And local game stores, please sponsor us. <laughs> just all of them. All of them. <laughs> Every local game store. I was like, okay, I guess we have to now. <laughs> uh, I, I, they don't sponsor people. I don't know why I'm asking. I don't, I don't know why they, I'm pretending they, like that's need, a thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, they need us to help with them, huh? <laughs> yeah, no. Hey, we are. We are. We're helping you out. Okay, local game stores, you're exactly. welcome. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so kind of what I did was this, this was uh, my first time really diving into this dungeon mastering thing. Picked this up, uh, which is kind of one of the reasons why these things are made is for really like first time DMS, or mm-hmm. if you are kind of a lot of, under a lot of time constraints and you haven't had the time to build out a whole homebrew world for yourself. Yeah. It's amazing just to have the map alone. Right. I mean, just to have like a fully fleshed out, like here's all the locations that way. Like when you have your party and they're like, where do I go? Well, you give them a map and they can point to something and go there. It's just, it's huge. It's, it's so important for just playing the game is having a map and knowing where people are location wise. Yeah. yeah. It, it helped me out so much, especially in the beginning, just to have that, that comfort of yeah. if they decided to just cut straight to this town, at least I would have, you know, some names of NPCs there a mm-hmm. basic governing structure, a couple shops that they could go to, maybe. Yeah. Um, meet a little bit, a little uh, advent, like sub adventure here or there. Those yeah, kinds yeah. of things. Side like, quests built in, right? You have right. certain NPCs who are going to say certain things. Exactly. It's important. There's there's guides about. Okay, this is what the townspeople know. There's yeah. Some people are suspicious of this person or this group or whatever. It was just it was very nice. Uh, a nice thing to fall back on and as you go through these things you'll you'll find yourself gaining more confidence and then you'll adhere to them less and less as you have your own (laughs) ideas you'll read stuff online uh and i think that's a really big uh big part of these things is kind of the community aspect sure yeah, absolutely. And it, one thing I'd mentioned too, when you say like having NPCs prepared, yeah, because I think one thing DMs may not realize initially is how much interaction the group is going to have with your NPCs that are lying. Because like they they have think about it, they have no real choice. They only know what they know within their group, which means everything that they're going to be motivated to go do is going to come from a source. That's coming from your world. Right. So so someone's going to have to prompt them to do something. So it's going to come from one of your NPCs. And they're going to talk to just anybody in front of them. They're not going to like know, like, oh, i got to go see the king. The only person I know is in the town. No, they're going to like wind up at the bar and talk to whoever's in the bar. Yes, the, the local tavern is a very important that you always know. <laughs> it's the most important location. <laughs> and I'll say this, this was a, a mistake that I made, is I didn't ha- always have like a list of names. 
just random names so you are just surprised. a list of names because right. one time basically i had my players they had to decide between two like political groups in the town <laughs> yeah. and they basically decided oh you guys just said both we're just gonna we're just gonna take a survey of the town <laughs> just we're just yes. gonna we're gonna <laughs> split and, up <laughs> and we all split up right yeah i was gonna say we all like took groups and split up and talked to just as a me- that's what i'm saying like yeah you never realize how much interaction we're gonna actually have with your town because we yeah we went nuts right we, yeah. we just went like all out we just tried to say like yeah we're gonna take the whole town yeah we're you two go over to the poor district and try to get some people over there. We're going to go to the bar, talk to some patrons. And I was just, I didn't have anything. I was just like, google.com, random name generator, D&D, enter click, click, five click, names. Click. And it'd be like, this is what this person says. This is what this person says. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of work on your part on the fly. Because uh, it was just so heavy into like, oh. They're gonna be talking to someone who's around. Uh, I don't know. Right, <laughs> <What's> yeah. Number three. <laughs> so yeah, that that falls under what I kind of call like tactical role playing. Is that <laughs> there's there's certain pieces of information that I that I thought you guys should get rewarded with if by having these conversations successfully, but it right. didn't really matter. Uh, who gave you that information? I mean, it, it does in some cases because if it's like relation to how they treat certain groups of people or what's going on. But uh, this is another thing I found out or I learned after making that mistake is sometimes I just have a list of like information that's like, yeah. this is what the townspeople know. This is how like some people feel about this. Okay, so if okay. you go. So having a general list of yeah of inf- of of important information that that were that the party's obviously trying to get out of people, right? And, and then maybe something that like is a hook for something else. Sure. You know. Okay. So kind of like how most of the NPCs are going to ha- be leading towards the same side quest, maybe or main quest. Like they're, they're going to have just like game wise, if you if you log on to Skyrim or something, you yep. talk to most people aren't going to know much. But a lot of people have that one option that it's like, in parentheses, it's like, oh, main quest, it knows this. And right. you talk to them about that. And they're like, oh, I know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there could be something like, oh, you can talk to, like, the blacksmith. Like, I don't know too yeah. much about, like, the history of these swords. But if you talk to the blacksmith, he might know. And then sure. that's the important NPC who's like, oh, I know about this because my father worked in the the great smith at the capital and then right so so it's all kind of ways to lead you to but a simple simplified version of ways to lead you where you need to go right exactly just like i'll give you the piece of information that i think i would know that'll get you to the right person anyway (laughs) exactly (laughs) and and then that's uh that works for some pieces of information doesn't work for others but once you start playing it becomes uh, very apparent uh, how your players interact with the NPCs. So there's right. some things we can tell you, but other times it's going to be like, well, sometimes your party might not be very interested in talking to random people. So you might not have to have that generated list of names. Sure. I, I Show me that campaign. But right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now we talked to it. So you spent fifty dollars on this on this pre made. What what do you get in there? I, I don't think we've actually but, like. Yeah. No, 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 I don't no. even have that. <laughs> but what 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 are you ending up with for fifty dollars that you got, you bought this beautiful pre made campaign to help out with? What did you get? So basically, you get the bones 
of a story, of an adventure. So you get the world that it takes place, the setting, several main uh, places and characters, and essentially you get the uh, a, a summary of an overarching arc. Whether you want, how much you want to incorporate that, obviously up to you. Uh, but you know, in the Curse of Strahd, for example, you get the antagonist is Strahd, and you kind of get vague uh, implications about why your party should feel that Strahd is the antagonist of the story. Uh, that's basically what you get. You get some maps, you get some items, you get uh, character backgrounds that you can use, and you also get pretty uh, detailed explanations of several uh, several important places. So if there is like a dungeon, you'll get a map of the dungeon. You will get uh, where each room. You get a description in each room, and usually the descriptions aren't super great. They're they're like, oh, there is a overturned table in the corner of the room, and there's dust, uh, dust and cobwebs all over the place. And then it'll say like treasure. They're like, oh, if there's this treasure in the room, sometimes it won't even give like a uh, uh, a DC. So that's uh, if your players want to look around, you say like, oh, make an investigation check. And then you have to decide usually if they rolled high enough. Right. Uh, so it'll say like treasure. There's here's near. There's this in here. Mm-hmm. Words are hard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or there's like a note, or there's a special book in the library. Things like that. Really, really bare bones stuff. Uh, but a lot of times the the descriptions in there they're kind of vague on purpose though they really let you as the dungeon master kind of fill things out there might be a character in one place but it might you might decide to put them in another place like nothing is really like set in stone for these yeah and and so how does it tie in i mean the i feel like the most important thing like i think i've mentioned before is the maps especially for the battle maps like all these maps are so important for the campaign itself that's pretty hard to design honestly and how does it tie into say we we're using a service called roll 20 it seems like we're you know all of a sudden you punch in boom 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 and it it's perfect of the map that we think we're in in strad like the, the castle's all there right. the whole castle that we're exploring in strad is is bam here it is floor by floor all perfectly mapped out how, how does buying the pre-made tie into to like roll 20 and having the castle in there so if you're playing on tabletop, you'll have access to the maps in the book. Uh, sometimes they're not, they're just not very big. They're, they're almost of the same size as just like a regular piece of paper. So you might have trouble on tabletop doing that, but you could you can kind of figure a way around which, it. Which with that, we might have to talk about um, how to do that, like using a grid paper. You yeah. probably need to buy some grid paper and um, having some figurines for people to use. That sounds like an episode. Uh, I think it does, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, we're gonna we're gonna be. That's why I, I, I'm prefacing this to say, like, we're gonna be talking about mostly, I guess, having a pre-made campaign for starting your D&D campaign in this episode, because a lot more goes into starting your D&D campaign, building it yourself, and having all the resources yourself, uh, and 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 having these grid papers and building your maps in front of you. And actually, I mean, you could do some amazing things, actually, I feel, in tabletop that you can't do online, where you can have 3D maps 
where the 3D space makes more sense. You, you, I know you did it in our campaign a little bit with, like, um, you can, like, hide certain figures. Like, oh, he went up and over the mountain, so you can't see him anymore. Right. So then, like, bam, he vanished on our computer screen because you can't see him right now. He, you know he's kind of that direction because you just saw him, but he's went behind a mountain, so he faded out. Exactly. Or he went too high up, so he faded away. So he, you made him disappear on our maps. But it, it does make more sense when you're in front of you on a tabletop, and you can build a mountain, like Warhammer style, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen some amazing ways to play. I would love to play that way. Oh, I, I haven't yet, but yeah, that, that's, that's nuts. That that's sounds, next level. With, like, the full terrain, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how Where, like each step is like a is like the your movement speed. I mean, exactly. you can't like oh man, those are some cool battles. But how it relates into Roll Twenty is Roll Twenty has the Curse of Strahd module in it. So I also bought it in mm. Roll Twenty, which comes with a lot of maps and things like that. Is it? It's a separate purchase. Separate purchase. So say, interesting. So. We're saying you could buy it pre-made, but you'd probably you'd probably need to buy it both on in your service and to have the books on you as well. So, I I just enjoy having the books on me, so that's why I bought both. <laughs> but uh, if you know you're going to use Roll Twenty, just buy it on Roll Twenty. Like it has really everything. okay, it has everything you need. Interesting. Which yeah, again, we're still talking pandemic times. Um, and most of the people that I think are going to start playing probably are doing it online, which we'd recommend. It's a great way because, oh, yeah. you know, especially if you're trying to get a group together, you know, none of us have friends anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is just friends are all over the place. Right. I mean, you're down in Texas now. I'm in Pennsylvania. Right. We're all over the place. We have friends playing. Well, we have one in North Carolina. Me in PA, you in Texas, one in Jersey. So we're all over the place. Yeah, even without pandemic, we'd be doing this on on the computer. Yeah, right. It would like so. This is just a natural way to play, and it works for us, and it's it's the way to play. So yeah, it's a right. you know service like Roll Twenty, and just if if it comes with everything you need, it's, is is that is D and D still? I'm sure they're the ones making the product. Yeah, I I'm not too sure. I'm I'm sure. They are. I'm sure they're getting something out of they it. Probably like, get they're somebody, publishing yeah, it somehow. But uh, <laughs> un- we just discovered like a like shut up. <laughs> like oops, we just we oops. just exposed a big old trap. No, I'm no. sure they know about it. There's no way. I mean yeah, yeah, licensing yeah. like that, no. Yeah, There's exactly. No way. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's owned by Hasbro, so <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's no way. Uh but another kind of bonus thing of just having everything on the computer is that if you want to make edits to notes and things like that, there's some pre-made handouts that come with the Roll20 thing. But then I can just go in and type my edits. Say like, oh, I want this person to be here instead of this person. So cool. it's kind of nice. I can just delete that person's name and type in the one I want. Wow. So the online is a, is a totally different pre-made kind of situation, actually. Right. Yeah. It comes with yeah, it. I'll 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 have to show you kind of what I'm looking at. I was, I was gonna say because th- this is all this is all so new to me because yeah. th- this is this is something he purchased obviously I I haven't and I'm only a player in this campaign so I haven't actually seen the roll twenty DM side of things which right. I'm sure he has resources I've never seen before. Yeah, there, there's definitely a whole bunch of tools that the players don't have access to. Um, so while we're kind of on this you know pre-made stuff, the big downside 
to running a pre-made campaign is if there's a big twist, there is a chance that the players will find out about it before you want them to. <laughs> like if they're going out <laughs> online or something, they might see a joke or something and be like, okay, oh, I guess this fair is, enough. I guess this person is going to betray us or something. Yeah, modern day, that's been a big problem. But I remember when, uh, I think it was when Endgame came out, like everyone that saw Endgame first was like keeping it, like they did such a good job because even the, even the audience was like, I'm not telling you anything. You right. can't, you can't, I'm not, I'm not, you, you go watch it. Who I'm not, not going to say anything. Yeah, I'm not, not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you anything. Everyone did such, everyone in the world did such a good job and we should all continue striving to do our, our best. No spoilers. Uh-huh. But which we've been good. I don't know anything about Lord of Strahd. I know Strahd's a vampire. That's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm at. And and honestly, at this point, I've changed so much about, about yeah, what's going maybe, on. Maybe he's not even a vampire. Who knows anymore? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, he's definitely a vampire. Uh, <laughs> or at least that's I, as far as I you knew know. it. <laughs> Guys, I got it out of it. <laughs> Damn it! I'm writing this down. What's <laughs> <laughs> that? This podcast is really a way for me to suss out information about the campaign. Yeah, they're not even. This isn't even published. Yeah, the next right. episode is. I was never going to publish this. Yeah. <laughs> next one's what? What's this NPC's motivation? Did he lie to me last session? Let's talk about it. So, Eric, uh, what, what's the what's the deal with this character over yeah. here? Uh... I know I rolled a three on my insight check, but what was really going on? I get to know. <laughs> Oh man! All right, now so we're gonna say you have a pre-made campaign. All right, you yes. guys, we want to start you off now. You have a pre-made campaign. Now we're gonna—it's a common expression to hold a session zero. Yes. Now you're the DM. You have your players. You have to hold a session zero. What is a session zero for your players? So a session zero for me kind of goes into two different categories and it's kind of uh on different ends of the spectrum as far as why you would have a session zero uh one reason why i think uh people would have a session zero is if you have like advanced players and they're really interested in the character development part about it and the backstory is really important to to the character so that's something where like brett you made a, a new character for the new campaign and you have this like you have this backstory planned out we would have a session zero to kind of talk about, okay, where does your backstory fit in the world? Who might have you talked to? Here's a list of names that you you probably ran into. Oh, you're part of this sure. guild. This is how far up you went, where you might not know exactly like the hierarchy of the government structures, or if you were in a bard college, like, oh, okay, I maybe I failed out of bard college. Like, okay, who was your teacher? Who was I their would college? never fail bard college. Exactly. Yeah. That, <laughs> this is a fantasy world, Brett. Yeah. yeah that, well, that is the most fantastical <laughs> thing I've ever heard. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like we might have a session zero talking about that. Just so everything in your backstory is like hard canon in the right. world. And, yeah. and this is for, again, for every player. Right. We're not just talking about Brett. Oh, we're gonna really go into Brett's character. No, no, no. You're you're doing this because everyone's gonna have their own backstory. Right. And it's important to to flesh the, all that out. And in that kind of session zero, you probably have individually. Uh, maybe if yeah. two characters know each other, then you'd have both of them. But um, 
sometimes characters want like as part of their character development to like reveal stuff slowly maybe they have like a dark past that they don't want to talk about or something right you know i mean now that you mentioned that i think that's important to to note about a session zero is session zero really is preparing individually i think every player to be in your campaign right the, session one which is you know the beginning of your campaign is when you're actually you're all sitting down at the table or all logged in online and it is the beginning of of the campaign right the session zero is like oh you know everyone needs to know enough about what's happening and who they are to get into that exactly and it's as much session zero is as much about preparing the dungeon master it is for the players too (laughs) yeah i think it's also them just being like okay please (laughs) yeah yeah it's just like okay i need to write all this crap down uh and on the other on the other side of the spectrum it's also great for new players so I had a session zero in our campaign. I don't think you were a part of it, and I don't think our other experienced player. Yeah, was a part I, of I really it wasn't. I I was going to say because I don't remember a session zero happening for our campaign at all. Right, and and so the reason why I had the session zero for them was that was also the character creation time. So I met with all of them mm. together, and we're like, okay, now we're going to create a characters, so they could ask me questions about how to build one. So it was also character creation day. Right, exactly. All involved in a session zero because again, it is it's. It is a very character-driven... Session Zero is... There's no role-playing yet. There's no combat yet. It's just character-building. Yeah, we, so... We are working on character-building. Yeah, and, and I had a... Um, well, I, I did run them through, like, a fake combat with their characters. Hmm. And that was okay. mostly because, again, they didn't really understand... They understood the mechanics of, oh, you roll the die and you get your number. But... I did a lot of hand-holding in that one. So I, yeah. I I remember, and also this was me kind of gaining a little more experience too. So I was like, oh, you, uh, if you were in it, it's like, oh, Brett, you hear some uh, kind of muttering around the ridge. Roll a perception check to try to figure out what they're talking about. If you about. see it, if you hear it. Yeah, so okay. th- that way they could kind of understand what kind of questions, like what could they ask me to do? And so uh, a lot of it is I'll describe something, then you'll be like, Oh well, I want to learn more about this thing. I want to roll for it. And like, okay, now you can roll. But new players might—they might not know that they can ask to do that kind of thing. Um, and also, just kind of getting them familiar with the flow of combat. Getting, but this was not canon. So if they had died during this encounter, it's all who cares? <laughs> who yeah, cares? Just when they start just... uh, session one, that's when it really starts. And I also kind of like that because. If people are thinking like, oh, I've heard Dungeons and Dragons campaign can last years. I don't want to like mess anything up. <laughs> it's kind of nice to kind of get their feet wet uh, with something that just we all know doesn't doesn't matter in the long run. Ours right now feels like it's going to last years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is, I think some of these pre-builds, they can only take a, like like five to ten sessions. But I was like, no, this is a cool story. I'm going to make this last a while. Oh, man, we are we are way behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple sessions good god uh, we, yeah. we have we haven't the faintest like slightest idea like oh we'll go fight strad right now there's no way none of us are even like ready to entertain that fact yeah there were yeah maybe 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 we'll bring that up in the personal story of our campaign but yes <laughs> you've, you've run into strad a couple times 
so far. We have, we have, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And none of us want to fight him. He was like, ah, crap, we, we can't a- do it. We actually love the guy. The guy's great. He's great. He did, in his defense, invite you all to dinner. He was the first person to ever talk to you in Barovia. I think I was ready to go, too. I I, I don't know what the been. party said, but yeah. I think I was like ready to go. I was like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, it had nothing to do with I described him as, like, I showed the picture of him, and it's just, on the cover of the book, it's just yeah, this everyone's just so like, we can't trust him, he's evil, and I was just like, yeah, dude, sounds awesome. I don't know. Yeah, and what you guys are talking about? Peel back the DM current. I did have a plan, and if you guys wanted to go talk to him. Mm, that would have been fun. That would have been interesting. Um, but yeah, so those are basically the two reasons to have a session zero. Right. Otherwise, like if you're getting into the actual story that you have planned, then that's just session one. Right, and let's talk about session one. Uh, let's go into session one, because session one's a very important session, especially when you have new players. I think as we talked about last week, uh, well, not last week, but last D&D session, with, there's, ver- there's very much two um, different phases of the game. And I think it's very important in session one, just get, get through both of them. I right. mean, they don't have to be long, but, but get through both of them, which is the role-playing side and the combat side. So right. do something that, that, you know, the beginning is going to be role-playing. You're not going to be in combat right away. Yeah. It's going to be role-playing, yeah. obviously. But get them into a situation, and... and I'd say nine, 99 out of 100 campaigns start in a tavern, right? I mean, because <laughs> yeah. where, where are all the characters going to meet? I mean, they all have to end up somewhere somehow. And I'm sure it could end up anywhere, but it mostly ends up in a tavern. But get yep. them in a situation where they're all role-playing in a tavern, great. They're meeting, they're talking, they're going over some quirks of theirs or whatever. Get them into combat somehow, and it could be anything. It could be a sudden... A uh, crazy person comes into the bar and starts punching people. I, right. I, you know, just something crazy that unites them to be like, we're in combat now. Exactly. Yeah, and, it, and get them through a combat. It is super important because the like that's that's just a big part of the game. This is the fun part. Yeah, this is where you get to use all your abilities, and it kind of uh, it also sets, I think, the tone for like this is how weak you are <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> and then when you're like. When you're casting fireballs, you're like, don't you remember that one time when I was just... Yeah, when I could only swing. Yeah, I could deal it. four damage. I was like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, I, but, wait, what are you talking about, Eric? That's all I can do. That's all I can that's do. All you can do, yeah. <laughs> 1d4 psychic damage. Sometimes. I'm, I'm still at that level, though. <laughs> I use uh, my turns to make other people use their turns. <laughs> I know, which I love, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, I built my character very well. But yeah, so the uh this yeah, getting started making sure that there is both parts. Is, I think is I think you're absolutely right that there is. And like starting yeah. in a tavern, they could start a tavern, but like what I did was there was a reason why you're all in the tavern and you guys had all found a flyer asking for a job. So, and now you're going to the tavern to meet with the person who was giving you and the job. I don't even remember the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, we are so far into this campaign, I could not tell you what happened outside of, like, where we are. Because I know right. we, we ended up in this land by a magical portal or whatever. But, like, yeah, I couldn't tell you the life before this. <laughs> glad I made it, I'm glad I made it super memorable for you. I feel like it's almost it's not going to be right this first session right, probably yeah. isn't going to be memorable which is why it's so important just get them through the phases like we're, we're not into motivations yet we're not into like we yeah. are just straight into like guys here's going to be D. 
Yeah. Like, let's get you used to D&D. Yeah, and especially if, if it's for new players, you kind of have to just, like, they don't really know what is going on, really. And <laughs> right. as a DM, if you're new, too, you you have a better idea. But sometimes if you're just, like, you have this whole plan set out, and then all of a sudden they're in a tavern, and they're not leaving the room. They're just like, oh, well, what do you want to do? Like, oh, we're just talking about stuff. You're just Which, like, so, See? also, I recommend... Hold on, I gotta sneeze. Uh... So one of the things you kind of have to do is just really, like, place the story right in front of them sometimes. <laughs> it's saying, like, this is what you do. Like, have a motivation for them. Because, like yeah. you said, the 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 ses- whole session one, the beginning of the campaign, is the characters meeting. That's, that's like, the role playing that they're going to do. Even though, like, you're all friends uh, in real life, you know, that's the characters meeting for the first time. You know, jokes are made, whatever. And you're like, oh, what are we doing again? Like, oh, we're going off into the forest. Yeah, no, so I, what I was going to mention is actually the, the most important role player, I think, in session one is actually the DM. I think his job is going to be to prompt characters to continue to talk about themselves or say something ridiculous and, and prompt other responses from other characters. I mean, the very much you want to make every single person talk. Yeah. So, so you know, if, if there's someone that's, you know, a quieter, you know, shyer personality – in D&D, that doesn't have to be the case, right? It's most likely going to be. They're probably going to play a Shire character because that's more close to who they are. But make them talk up. Make them speak. Make them decide, yeah. have an actual choice, and and maybe build the party around them being like, listen, you're the one. I'm going to only interact with you for some reason. <laughs> right, yeah. And, and just make them talk. And everyone else is going to get involved anyway because they want to, right? The shy person maybe doesn't. But like, make them talk. I like it's the DM that holds all these NPCs that can talk to whoever they want. Well, you can direct them at certain characters. Exactly, and we're making it. We're making a real big deal about the DM role playing, but it's 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 a lot of fun too. Like because oh, if you can leave the role playing, and then they'll just go at it. And, and at, which which your... also is important in probably that session one, right? Is you want a moment. Where the after you've initiated so much, you want a moment where the party can interact. Right, is what you're hoping for. That's like that's like the best thing you could hope for as a DM. Yeah, I I love it so much when like there's an NPC talking to you guys, and then they leave, and you're just standing there like, oh, I think this person met this. I think we were talking about this. I think we should go over here because of this. Like, no, I want to go over here. I'm just like, yes, I did my job. <laughs> They're dancing on my strings. <laughs> like we have puppets. no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, I have a tab, and I was going to be like, what should I do now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, actually, it's kind of funny. I think I did that almost unintentionally. With the person giving sure. you the quest, is that would just be what? like, oh, it, talk it, to you. It happens you. almost unintentionally, so yeah, it, it maybe isn't something you could force, but and that's why I say it's something. It's definitely something you hope for as a DM, right? Like that—that's your goal. Is is during the session you set up somehow a point where everyone in the party is role playing without your involvement? Right. I'd say that's that that is session one for you. That's your goal in session one is that plus initiating them into combat and exiting them out of combat yeah and and don't be afraid to even just blankly just stay say so do you guys want to talk about anything like while you're walking down the road <laughs> i've done that a bunch yeah of times. right well yeah especially like you said for travel right yeah th- these are a lot of moments where there isn't so much 
like, you know, you're just waiting for the next thing to happen. I mean, in a tavern, things are happening, right? It's a happening place. Things that, you know, constant conversation and everything. Well, there always comes a time where we have to leave the tavern. We have to be going somewhere. We have to choose to go somewhere. Well, there's a time when you're going there. You can't automatically just snap your fingers, bam, you're there. Right. There's always that, you know, you have to, everything's very realistic in a game like D&D. So there's a moment where you're walking to where you're headed. And that's a role-play moment. And, yeah, it's important that that hopefully is a role-playing moment. Yeah, and, and again, you'll as a DM, you're going to have to kind of, like, suss out where your players are at. Sometimes they just won't respond to that kind of, like, broad... Uh, right broad tone of prompting but fortunately i have some great players so they they could just like find stuff to talk about yeah what i would recommend i mean put a topic out on the table maybe take an npc and say something wild which maybe then you know starts right. the starts the you know political whatever you want because it's D it's all fake anyway so so make it stupid make it ridiculous make it I love King Joffrey, and then everyone's like Joffrey. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know, and then and then maybe that could be the conversation heading up, and that kind of you know puts everyone in place on like, oh, who likes Joffrey, who doesn't? What's their opinion? Maybe who's indifferent? Right. Who and, knows? It could be an important. It could be nothing. And sometimes, kind of like what you said, is you can feed the player information that they don't know about yet, or the character. Feed the player yeah. information to the character doesn't know about. You can slip something in, like right, you said, like maybe they're oh, not aware of yet. What do you think about King Joffrey? And then you know, Ron will be like, "Do I know who that is?" And then I'll be like, "Roll a history check," and then I'll give him the exposition about who this yep. king is, and then he can make the decision to start role playing that back. Exactly, it's great. So there's always moments like that. Yeah, travel travels a, a, is a is a weird moment where it's, it doesn't need to be a thing every time, but. You should always think of something that you can do during those off periods. Now, tell me if you did this, because I remember when I read on like how to DM, like, oh, it's your first time DMing. Here's what you do. So you want to be a dungeon master. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And I was doing, obviously, it myself, like I've mentioned a billion times. Uh, They mentioned do an easy challenge. Now, now, when I was reading about this article, it had mentioned, like, put a log in the road. Just a log. And, and, like, have the characters interact with, like, I step over the log. Like, literally that basic. So what I did in my campaign is I remember I started them in a desert. And I had this this big sand dune that they had to climb over. But I had the sand constantly shifting down. Oh, so, okay. So all, like that. Like, like, nearly quicksand. But instead of quicksand, like, they're not sinking down. They're, they just keep falling. So they can't like make it over this hill because they're all trying to make it towards this giant big pyramid, but they have to get over the sand dune that that's constantly like just slipping from them. And that was like my easy challenge. And it was actually quite fascinating because it actually made the characters think about their characters like, oh, if that's the case, well, then I'm going to cast a spell to teleport. Or, oh, if that's the case, then I'm going to jump on this guy's back and then hop over. Like, yeah. you know, they all just chose ridiculous things to do. Right, yeah. They're, like, the the abilities that the characters have... Yeah, you bring up a good point. Because the abilities the characters have are not supposed to only be used during combat. So, yeah. like, usually that happens with, like, spellcasters. who like, oh, yeah, I'm going to... Like turn the sand into rock so we can just walk up or something like that. 
There you um, go. So, so I think it's important then, right? Like to give yeah. them an easy challenge that seems just like so stupid that it's easy, but make them interact with it. Right, and and like dig into their inventory. So it'd be yeah. like, oh, the the twenty foot bridge is out. Like if they fall, it's it'll it won't kill them or anything. But be like, sure. oh, is but there... what are you gonna do? Yeah, but, yeah. What, like, what are you gonna how do? Are you yep. gonna, how are you problem. gonna do this? It it doesn't have to do with role playing. It just has to do with yeah just I, an obstacle a normal everyday life obstacle that like yeah in our lives we would just you know deal with whatever but these D D characters they have some special abilities they can do different things and yeah you know it's important to interact with the world outside of combat yeah exactly i i didn't have a a anything like that anything physical but i remember what i did in the beginning with like the starter combat was uh, i I, so i had you guys go up a main road and then find a game trail to go off and i had set a bunch of clues that you were about to be ambushed along right so i said like oh the game trail it's used to cut uh through the forest from the farming village to the main road but it's too small for carts uh, for for it to go through or uh farmers don't really use it uh anymore for transporting goods and then right. once you guys were on it i said oh there's a cart overturned on the side of the road yep um and then if someone wanted to look i'd be like oh the cart's empty you see the guy is it, like he's shouting for help but he doesn't really seem too stuck things like that <laughs> so i i had it kind of tangentially related to combat where like oh if you figure like you're if you pass these like sight checks or perception checks or insight or if if you guys were like oh i want to try to investigate further then you would have been in a better position to for that combat um but yeah it was more tied to the the first round of combat fair enough but yeah but recommended then i I think like you said you agreed with that like it's a important like yeah so so maybe you got three steps then right we have the role playing initially to, to get every character to meet and then then throw them an easy challenge like a crazy non-combat yeah, related non-combat challenge, challenge that makes them use their character in a way they didn't see before and then throw them into combat an easy combat that's gonna at least give everyone a turn to swing and do whatever they need to do to just get them used to it yeah exactly and and like these not all of the like you said the easy part is also important because in the beginning you probably don't want like the non-combat ones designed for the players to really have trouble with so if somebody can i don't know track really well like maybe make that one of the easy challenges where they have to identify that oh we have a tracker in a group we'll ask him to do that and like that's part of like role playing be like oh you're good at this this is what your ability is or like Oh, you have a spell that mends rope together so you can fix the rope bridge or yeah. something like that. So, and not only all of this, boy, at the end of this, even how simple that combat was, I'll tell you, if you're a DM and, and a new campaign and you're starting at level one, level up after the first session. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want multiple sessions at level one. Let me tell you that much. Yeah, that's what level I Level one is so basic. Don't spend more than one session at level one. Level them up. Get them to level two. Get them to level three. I know it's going to be fast that you're like, bam, bam, level, level, level. But as soon as you're at like level three to five, once you're in there, you can slow it down. Yeah, and and don't be afraid to let the players know that too. 
because yeah, but like those first three levels, I mean, like one and two are nothing. Yeah, they're they're mostly there just to get the players if they're new used to rolling die and looking at their character sheet. Like Ma- that's many, basically many it. campaigns that are not new players they start at level five already. Yeah, I mean, I, no I, one I've, really starts at levels. Yeah, you know, I've started at level three a bunch before. Yeah, because level just three like, is fine. You get level your class okay. ability at three. Yep. Just start it. Like, yeah, and and don't yeah, don't be afraid to be like I'm artificially tell like pushing you to level three or don't tell them that at the beginning. But once they hit level three, just be like, okay, yeah, I've kind of pushed you guys to level three. But now we're gonna get back. Nah, to like we're real. gonna slow. Yeah. yeah, and that is when you slow down. Yeah, after three, you can take a couple campaigns at a couple episodes at three, four tons. Five is great. Five, five becomes there's five actually a, a lot one. to learn at five, so you can take a few more at five. Like I would go through four pretty fast, probably. Yeah, the uh, and also as a DM, there's only like so many times you can throw like regular bandits and goblins at characters <laughs> yeah, before right. you're just like right. you want people to level up yeah because yeah how many times it's honestly I, more fun for you too like you said you have all these danger ratings in those uh mm-hmm. the dungeon masters guides and yeah it, you know there's only so many challenges along the whole way so you need right. them to level up just oh, like yeah. everyone needs to level up to be continue being interested because your character's only continue being more fun the later levels you go yeah yeah you 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 want them to be at higher levels because it, it's just more fun. They they might yeah. crush a couple of your, your your monsters that you thought was going to give them a hard time, right. but then you just throw something even cooler at them, and they're are <laughs> like, oh, I oh, you did this on purpose. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> yes. But at this point, we're beyond. We're way beyond the starting of the campaign. Yeah, you already you already gotten through a couple episodes. Exactly. All right, good. Which is that's what we that's what we hoped you'd get after this. But what are we talking about next week? So next week is another magic episode. Back and to magics. We are talking about uh, finances of a magic player. So or the just, lack thereof, or lack thereof. Yeah, <laughs> like I keep bringing up. Yeah, it it's gonna sound boring, but we're we're gonna talk about just like kind of you know, the elephant in the room as far as I don't think it's gonna cards. be boring. So it might sound boring from the outset of it, right. but there's a lot of super interesting things that uh, that are the cause of it that that we're gonna we're just gonna go all out into like everything that's in the realm of that not necessarily like eric how much money do you have this week for magic yeah yeah exactly yeah that's not yeah it's not at all we're not talking about investing in magic cards or anything no we're not no we're gonna try we're not gonna recommend investing into any of the magic cards either but yeah no because we'd be wrong we're we're gonna try to steer you in a good where like if you have limited funds yeah where to spend your money yeah absolutely that's part of the topic we're gonna talk about like why it's gotten more expensive you know things that we think we could maybe handle or at least Talk about theories of why that's a, a thing yeah. now, but there's a lot to talk about. It frustrates it. us too. Even yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta figure like yeah, us who have been playing this game for for 20 years, like how frustrated we are nowadays. Like, oh, and why gosh. is that? Why are we more frustrated now than we were 20 years ago? Tune in um, next week to find yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> tune in next week. Uh, and then what about next time we visit D and D? So D and D, we're gonna start our uh, character building series. Absolutely. So we're going to kind of go through and walk through the important parts of each class, uh, what kind of things to look for, what kind of things to avoid, 
or if you want to just walk into buy or like building like a weaker character that's hilarious you should definitely do that <laughs> i've done it <laughs> have you oh man i wouldn't recommend it but okay well yeah you got you gotta you gotta you gotta know what you're getting yourself into um, <laughs> not what the character we're starting with no, no 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 but we're gonna it's basically just basic stuff and then we're also we're just gonna build a character from scratch yeah which is important because again this week we just talked about how to start the campaign as a dm so the next time we talk about D, we're gonna talk about how to start the campaign as a player after those two episodes, you're kind of ready to start a campaign because you now have the players who are all prepared by knowing how to create a character, and you have the DM who's prepared and has all these pre-made resources and everything ready to go. Uh, yeah, and one one thing I kind of forgot to mention about as the as our sign-off tip, um, if you may if you're running a pre-built uh, module, just read everything twice. Just do that. <laughs> that's that's one of my biggest it's recommendations. It's a good tip for life. Yeah. I feel like that's... A, <laughs> I feel like everything in life... Maybe you should read your lease twice. Just read I don't it. Know. Just <laughs> read it twice. That way, maybe like when you're thinking like, oh, my characters might go here and then try to skim it at least right before session just so everything is uploaded into your brain. Right. And how do they reach out to us? What if they just wanted to talk to us? What if, what if you guys just want to talk to us? So, yeah. yeah. I, maybe they hate saying what They're if like, they want to yell wrong. at us what if they want to <laughs> troll us well if you want to make us feel bad about ourselves then yeah, you can love it. which at this out. point we would love <laughs> that would be that'd be kind of funny uh our twitter is at dragon party pod uh and our email is dragon party podcast at gmail.com Listen, and we're so legit, we got banned on Twitter already for you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, we just... <laughs> we, yeah, so... <laughs> we're that hardcore, all right? Yeah. That's how you know we're real. For hot magic and D&D takes. <laughs> we're so real, we got banned. But, no, but we're... I think it's a thing, right? So are we good? We're, we're back on Twitter? I got a... I sent them an email to unsuspend our account. It was due to inactivity, everybody. Not, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. We might be back. We might, we be, might back. be back. Just send us messages anyway. Fine. I think we but can defi- receive Definitely messages. email us, all right? Definitely email because we would love to hear it because you, guess what? Guess what? If you're listening to this podcast and you email us, I guarantee you will read it. And I can guarantee you That's because true. no one's emailed us yet. So <laughs> yeah, we'll you'll be the first one. That'd be how cool would that be? Exactly. Get it on the ground floor <laughs> to this wild ride. This <laughs> we're going places, guys. We're going places. All right. Yeah. We already the... told you how Wizards is going to change the game because of us. Right. Exactly. Both D and D and forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> both sections so you know you're in the right place oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) all right with that let's get back to the we have a party to get to tonight we still gotta mingle some we gotta mingle we got a party going on eric's still at the is the keg full still i don't even (laughs) we gotta tap a new one we gotta tap a new keg guys we have we emergency situation we're going to tap a new keg it's all you listeners out there party on party on party on